Welcome to This Week in the 90s, brought to you by the Alive and Kicking Boys, the best and original 90s football podcast. On today's show, we're going very northeast, that means way up for Joel, um, and a little bit of Big Ron. Yeah, remember Big Ron? You do, Ron, Ron, Ron. Of course, joining me, as always, here on Alive and Kicking, he's somebody who described himself on Twitter today that made me laugh this morning, like a melted Michael Caine in a shit Madame Tussauds. Is the man they call Joe Young? That would be my. That would be the new profile picture, wouldn't it? Yeah, that I took last night. And yeah, I do look like a shit Michael uh, melted Michael Caine from a shit Madame Tussauds. What can you do? Yeah, um, it's. I think it must be the first profile picture ever. I've dared to wear my glasses, so maybe I'm getting over a, a phobia from being eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. But who knows? I like it. I like it. I think it's a good look. Yeah, it's a bit moody. I like it. Well, that's good. You know, it's black and white, mate. I, you know, I'm going to ruin the whole illusion now by telling you that I took it while I was having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the best picture I've ever seen of anyone having a shit, that's beyond. Well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. It was lovely. And you're celebrating an anniversary today, you and Archie. Four years? Oh, yeah. Bless you. Well, funny, we went to get him. With the, the, and this is how I, how I know, and I went and looked up the game. Because... We had to go to Edmonton Green to get him, which, uh, if you know London, is kind of Tottenham country. And they were playing Sunderland on the day. So we were very popular with the Sunderland fans, despite me being from Middlesbrough, because we had a black cat with us. Of course, yes. So that was the uh, that was the running thing. So it always sticks in my head that it was Tottenham versus um, Sunderland in 2005. So yeah, it's Archie's birthday. He has, well, so what a birthday. He's currently fast asleep in his bed next to the thing. And uh, God bless him. <laughs> How long did cats the cat, last? by the way. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, this is, this is Joel's cat. Are cat years like dog years? Are they the same thing? It's slightly different. I think it's like five, but you start off, I think, I think the first three, by the time the three, that takes you up to 24, and then it kind of jumps around a bit. But, uh, yeah, he'll be four in a bit. He'll be four years, three months or something, so whatever that is in cat years. Well, happy birthday, Archie, to you. And, of course, we can do this without our fellow... Uh, front man on this Alive and Gigging podcast. He's a writer and, and all that jazz, and he's somebody who's not been able to get into all his pair siders. He's not a happy bunny about it, but I'm sure we'll have one after this. Matthew Christ, how are you doing? Good evening from the north. Uh, yeah. Talking of which, how did you enjoy your trip up north uh, last oh, week? Oh, yeah, about that. Um, well, because we're recording, I'll be as kind as I can to the, the good folk of Blackpool if anyone is listening from up there. But it's... Um, it's an interesting place. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'm doing whatever I say. I'm doing it a disservice. I was there in January. I don't think anyone should really want to aim to go to Blackpool in January because it's a it's a ghost town. The beachfront is deserted and rightfully so because on Sunday night we were trying to walk home and I couldn't even walk forwards because the wind was so strong and cold. My cheesy chips got cold. My fellow friend's yeah. kebab was flying all over the place. So yeah, I don't think it does it justice, really. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure in the summer you know, when the you know the sun's out, the kiss me quick hats are, are selling like hotcakes. I'm sure it's a different place, but yeah, I found it rather in a time warp. It would be the best way. <laughs> oh, wow, well, yeah. That, that, I mean, it probably would well, be. I, like went, that in I June. remember. I went to I went to Coney Island in New York in March, and that was the most miserable place I have ever been to in my life. Um, because it was the same thing. I was like, why have we come here? I might as well have gone to Whitley Bay or, <laughs> or Blackpool, you know? I was like, this is ridiculous. And there's pictures of us on the beach. I'm wearing 
big thick woolen gloves and a massive coat and just absolutely miserable. I was like, we might as well have gone to Spanish City in Whitley Bay. I was foaming that we were there. And for my friend who I was there with, she was like, she saw it as like this big romantic, like, you know, I really want to go to Coley, Coley Island and isn't it wonderful? And, you know, we went when it was closed. So uh, not that I'm suggesting that Blackpool's, you know, the most fantastic spot ever in, in the summer anyway. But, uh, you know, I do, I do think a January... Uh, but isn't there something quite at, isn't there something quite apt about, isn't there something quite apt about a sort of rundown seaside resort in bleak weather and all that you know I think it's kind of how it's supposed it, to it, be so, so like a poignancy like yeah it's a, it's poignancy and a sadness to remind you that yes you're in northern Britain yeah well no it's, I mean, it I mean charm. Coney Island's the same and, and have you ever been to Atlantic City I mean that is not great at all really hmm. and Another place which actually springs to mind when you were talking about shit waxworks museums. <laughs> great, great yarn. There's a terrible waxwork. Yeah, I loved that as a kid. <laughs> it's making me think of that uh, Michael Caine. That's probably where. That, where I tell that, you something, uh, Matthew, that waxworks museum, because I went to Great Yarmouth um, lots when I was a kid, because my parents didn't um, travel abroad. My mum's only literally just gone abroad this year. It's the first time she's been out of the country since 1980 or something like that. So my holidays were always at some, you know, boring, not that far away holiday. But then Blackpool must have seemed like... Uh, well, back, <laughs> Blackpool very special. Been, yeah, completely in a whole other universe. Not a Great Yarmouth and Isle of Wight or Weymouth is where I usually spend my holidays as a kid. But yeah, Great Yarmouth. And that wax machine museum, I used to drag my mum and dad around. My sisters hated it because I think there was actually two in Great Yarmouth, if I remember rightly. Well, was there, did you notice anyone there that looked like Joel? Um, not not at the time. No, would have uh, you know would have scared my little eight year old self probably seeing a, a melted Michael Caine that shit matching two swords <laughs> at that point in my life. Um, but one thing we'll say about Blackpool: the nineties haven't arrived there yet, so they'll be very much appreciative of this podcast because they won't know that all this has happened. No. <laughs> That's what I always say about Wolverhampton. You know, it reminds me very much of Middlesbrough, but the, but the clothes are still in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, the 80s. Well, there, still... there, there goes our northern um, live show. There goes, uh, yeah, right yeah, out yeah, the goes our... yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, going, to, we're not yeah. going to Wolverhampton or uh, Blackpool anytime no, soon. No, no not in Sorry, general. I shouldn't say that because I'm from Middlesbrough and I haven't got any right to slag off any town in the country. So God bless you, Wolverhampton. God bless you, Blackpool. <laughs> no, I, I think God you bless Blackpool. Blackpool. God bless Blackpool. I, yeah, I, I like I Blackpool. Fun. I'm not just saying that. I just like the fact that it's basically anything goes and you know you can go there and you can have a night out, you can do whatever you want. It's a bit of a just a. I think it, it takes itself for what it is, and I, I like cities like that. It's not pretentious in any way, obviously. Um, but no, it's just—I just think it's good, good fun. It, I had some fun. Yeah, we went to some very eclectic bar both nights called Galleons Bar. Whoever in it from—if anyone is listening from Blackpool, know, probably knows this bar. Um, some yeah, we were shouting "Take That" songs. The uh, I say band, they sounded like karaoke. We thought it was karaoke. I was going to say, was there a turn on? Because that's a very northwest thing. Yeah, I'm not sure about in the northeast, Joel. But I mean, in the northwest, you'd be hard pressed to go in a bar on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and certainly a Sunday where there's not a turn or a singer or something like yeah, that. We thought it was karaoke, but that's how. So that gives them much as much credit as I can give them that uh, we thought it wasn't actually a band playing. But yeah, we kept in between each song singing "Never Forget" by Take That, but they didn't take the hint. They didn't play it, so we didn't stay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But the uh, Redbourne vodka was flowing quite a lot. Um, the, and I bet it was about a quarter of the price of it, what you were it, used to paying. It, isn't it? It's funny you should say that, Matthew. A guy I was with, Skillet, who does the Gorilla Position podcast, bought a round in at one point. I can't remember how many drinks he bought. A good, maybe five or six. And he just turned around to me and went, I've got change out of 15 quid. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, see, this is what we call like you know Chris, Christmas millionaires when you go home at Christmas to the north of England, and, and then you know you're suddenly buying everybody a drink because it's costing you like less than twenty quid for a round. Which, being in London, you know, you'd be lucky to get a bit of change from for three pints off twenty quid. Yeah. But then you go home, you're like, wow, yeah. So you've thrown it about like monopoly money, and then you come home <laughs> and you still skin. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I think this is a 90s football podcast. <laughs> All right, yeah. I Not think. a review of the north of England by no. Ad- uh, Adros, no. No, it's, I don't think it is. Or Cody Island or Atlantic City. So let's talk some 90s football. It's very Newcastle, I say heavy, there isn't some heavy subjects to this week, um, but we are talking a lot about Newcastle. And let's start uh, with the 14th of January 1997. This is King Kenny Darglish's return to the dugout. This is the first job he had since he left Blackburn in 1993, uh, 1993, 1995, I should say. Um, and for the second time in his footballing life, he replaced Kevin Geegan, having replaced him in the Liverpool team many moons ago. Um, I'm going to throw, before we get into the nuts and bolts of what happened, to uh, my North East correspondent, who was, of course, in that part of the town at this point. What do you remember, Mr Young, about the arrival of Ken- King Kenny at Newcastle um, United? Well, I mean... We've discussed before my great glee at Kevin Keegan leaving Newcastle. Yeah, so uh, and that he was on quit the a week we before beat, this, yeah. Yeah, and we beat Liverpool in the Coca-Cola Cup on the same night, so it was a great <laughs> night to be a Middlesbrough fan, that one. Uh, I remember, from our point of view, being slightly worried that, you know, it's that thing where, you know, when, when Paul Ince went to Liverpool and you thought that that was going to be the thing that would win Liverpool the league. And it, it was, <laughs> did, did you? I think I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I think I, I think so. When the when he came from Inter Milan, yeah, I think God. that was sort of like the common the common sort of thought, wasn't it? That you know he was the steel that they needed. That's what I'm trying to you know because they were always accused yeah. of being the Spice yeah. Boys and everything Liverpool at that point, and then Ince was going to go the governor there, and he was yeah. going to be the yeah the governor and do all that. And I think we we had a sort of similar thought with Kenny Dalglish at Newcastle that he was going to go there and he was going to keep all that attacking flair. And that was certainly true in, uh, you know, when he took that half of that season, um, and then just add a bit of defensive muster and steel and and do that. And we, so we were a bit worried. We were thinking, oh God, obviously um, he he'd won the league with Liverpool, he'd won the league with Blackburn Rovers. So you kind of, you know, if you if you're Sunderland or Middlesbrough fans, then it's a little bit sort of worrying. Uh, luckily, it didn't come to pass like that. It didn't, no, we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, Matthew, this uh, this is a time when Newcastle were very much fighting with Man United, your team, um, for the title. We'd seen two seasons of Kevin Keegan, we've been through the I love it, uh, what if we beat them type um, scenarios. Um, this came mid-season and Newcastle was still up there. This wasn't a struggling Newcastle team, this was a team that Keegan quit because he just had enough. How would it, a Man United's point of view, seeing somebody who you used to not like, obviously being from Liverpool, um, Ken Kenny coming in and trying to beat Newcastle to the league? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it, how you look back on it? I mean, um, I don't remember particularly feeling that he was going to do what you know he a lot of people thought he was going to do. I, I think I think a lot of people at the time thought he might have been a bit of a busted flush, which is harsh, really, thinking about it, because. When was it? I mean, this was only what ten years after he'd won the double with Liverpool, and yeah. obviously was a <coughs> thoroughly successful manager right up until yeah. You know, well, when he, when he left Liverpool in 
in February 91, but I don't seem to remember it having that sort of fear factor with me personally. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know whether we all felt that Newcastle kind of had their opportunity and, and sort of shot the shot their bolts, so to speak. And it was almost a bit of a sort of a, um, a bit of an attempt to sort of recapture a bit of glory. But um, I don't really, I wasn't like Joel thinking, oh, heck, you know, this is going to be the, the change of the, um, the guard, but then again, I didn't think that when Paul Ince went to Liverpool at all. So maybe I, maybe I, maybe I missed missed the trick there. But um, no, I'm just thinking now in hindsight, though, looking back on it, he almost sort of blotted his copybook somewhat, don't you think? With 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 Dalglish going there, I mean, I know it was obviously a high profile appointment, and it was there was probably a lot. There were a big, well, I suppose they were a top six club as you, they'd be called now. So I suppose it wasn't. It was a it was a good appointment, and he was still a top manager. But he just seemed to. It wasn't the sort of Kenny Dalglish that I think of. You know, I think of him in that brilliant. Well, obviously as a brilliant player, but then as a manager of that double winning side, and then the, the great Liverpool team of eighty seven, eighty eight with Barnes and Beardsley, what have you. And then when he went to Newcastle, it almost seemed like it was almost. I'm not saying it showed him up, but it just. I thought it was a bit of a. Uh, if you look at it, if you look at it, Matthew, on on the level, you know, he finished runners up in the Premier League runners up in the FA Cup and you sort of go well you know that's alright but then the third season uh, his, it was his first full season in China yeah. they finished 13th in the league Look, I've got this list Yeah, this is this is people who he sold right I mean, this, this one I've got to look into this today this is incredible he got rid of Pavel Cernicek Paul Kitson Yondal Thomason Les Ferdinand David Ginola Peter Beardsley Tino Aspria Lee Clark, Robbie Elliott, John Beresford, Darren Peacock, Shaka Hislop. I mean, that is awesome. basically the whole of the Keegan team. The yeah, Keegan won the league. Yeah, entertainers, and, yeah. And he brought in his Des signings Hamilton. are terrible. Yeah, go yeah. These are the signings. Des Hamilton. I thought he was in Neighbours. I'm getting mixed up with Des Clark. Alessandro Pistol. <laughs> he signed a lad called Paul Dalglish, which just must be a coincidence. Um, Andres Anderson, somebody somebody else from Neighbours. I think he sang suddenly when uh, Kylie and Jason got married. <laughs> Stephen Glass, George Jordiardis, who he's just got all bought for the crap. Because like if I was if I had Newcastle United on Championship Manager and he came up, I've got to buy him. That's going to be crowdly. Um, <laughs> Lionel Perez. I don't remember Lionel Perez being at Newcastle. Obviously, it's Sunderland because Duda taught, uh, can't tortured him. I think That's he was like, bought in as like a cover, like third choice. As a cover for yeah, a cover yeah, for a cover. Yeah. Stefan Givash, who was an absolute disaster. One World Cup. Uh, Carl yeah. Sarant, don't remember. Uh, uh, Lauren Chavez, Tamuri Ketsbai, who we're going to talk about. Andy Griffin, who I think is, is he our family guy? Not familiar. And Peter Griffin. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then a few good ones. Nikos Dabizash, Shea Given, Gary Speed, Dietmar Hamad, <laughs> and Alberto Solano. But I mean... That is... Well, like you kind of... Like, I'm glad you did the, your homework today, and because I obviously didn't bother. But I mean, that really kind of <laughs> sums up what I was trying to say in about it badly. It, it, to me, looking back at it, he came along and almost—it mean, sounds really harsh because I've got a lot of time for that. Really, I think what he did in the game was was brilliant, both as a player and as a manager. But he seemed to come along and almost kill off all the sort of excitement that, that surrounded that Newcastle team in I mean, 94, what 95, 96. You know. What else happened as well was like you know was he forced to sell Les Ferdinand because because then what happened was Les Ferdinand went to Tottenham, I think was yeah it was Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham yeah yeah and then um, and then she got injured and then it, it's that thing that I I always say about well you know it's fine having Ravinelli but it's not so fine when you're bringing in Chris Freestone and then they were bringing in Tom 
Magnussen and Anderson, and you know, and Anderson was another one of the Alice Band mob who everybody yeah. kind of laughed at, and, and they're not going to strike fear into you, I suppose, like she, like like the pair of them. It, it seems now, with I mean, even at the time, I think probably it's like, oh goodness, what's going on here when you're getting rid of you know Ginola, especially who was absolutely adored up there. I mean. Before, probably more so than Ferdinand, really, I think. I don't and, and think Ferdinand was, was ever... I mean, I, a Newcastle fan would shoot me in the foot with saying this, but I never got the impression from the outside as somebody who obviously did appreciate Les Ferdinand at QPR. He was ever really seen up there, maybe because Shearer well, came and stole his thunder Yeah, yeah well, that's right. He had, the, he had the one season where it was him and Beardsley who were just outstanding for them. But I, I understand what you're saying in that Shearer got their hearts in a way that probably no other player since Jackie Milburn had or, you know. Um, so that's an interesting thing. But I think he, he was very much loved and appreciated. I mean, we, we get into all that silliness, don't we, about the squad, the shirt number and that, yeah. when they were going to take nine off uh, Ferdinand to give it to Shearer and Ferdinand wanted 99. But, I mean, that's that's a big crux of things, is that you don't know what might have happened if Shearer had been all right and, and what they might have done. But, Ginola was a sort of big one. I think he went to Tottenham as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Two yeah. of them. He was part uh, of the year, the season of 99, wasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the Manchester United won the treble. <laughs> yeah, and somehow he won player of the year. Yeah. And he got player of the year. Yeah, incredible. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was... Uh, it, it, it's funny. It, it seemed like it might be a good idea and then it absolutely wasn't. And the fact that he brought in... Did he bring in Rush Barnes, Barnes and, and Stuart Pierce, Pierce as well? Yeah, which say, yeah. would sort of seriously, seriously, seriously past the sell-by day. Well, can, 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 I, can I ask you, Joe, as the North East correspondent at the time, yes. you must have known Newcastle fans. I mean, what were their views on this? I mean, then still now, do they look back well, on Well, the I mean, they're, think, still, they're still at the Keegan blindness, I suppose, and, and nothing's ever... Well, I'm not surprised yeah, after what, were, <laughs> what happened there. The, yeah, but I think, they were, I think they were sort of quietly optimistic sort of being around I mean not quiet because that's because they're not quiet but I think they were I think they were optimistic I think that's probably where I've got that impression from that people thought it was going to add steel to what they did because you know my family are all from up there and they're all raving Newcastle fans and god thank god I'm a Borough fan Uh, (laughs) but um yeah I think I think that was the sort of overriding impression that I got now whether that was um wishful thinking on their part or what I'm not entirely sure but uh, that that was the impression that you know the, the old of Keegan the, the wish he was still there this was was this going to be a brilliant adding steel you know I mean it, it, his track record was impeccable really there's, so there's, adding, there's adding steel and there's adding those names that you yeah 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 no, I, there. I mean absolutely you know. agree. but I think, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think at the time of the appointments that was the sort of thought it seems again, to me, I remember that the, it seemed to be the, the perfect appointment because of the, the shoes that we were given the impression that Kevin Keegan was, was there to be filled. It, they needed a big name. He was out on the sidelines after Blackburn. It, it seemed like the perfect fit, but it didn't, it didn't quite happen. I think obviously the sheer injury, Ferdinand wanted to stay but wasn't going to be guaranteed football, so he left. And then, like you say, the signings. I mean, there's, there's a few here that you even mentioned. David Terrier, never heard of him. No. James Coppinger, you know, there's, there's who's now at Doncaster Rovers yes. playing at, is, it, is he at Doncaster? Thirty-eight years there? old, you know. I mean, yeah. The only credit you can give um, Kenny Douglas that he signed Shea Given and uh, Gary Speed. I mean, obviously they were not. Well, Ked Spire was good for the. Uh, sorry, Dabazas hung about for a long did, time. Yeah. Dima Hamant was a good one. Norberto Solano is still very well thought of up there. So I mean, but those five against who he got rid of and everybody else that he bought that isn't good. 
it's not. If it's not I, I just think again with, with 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 hindsight, if someone had said you know to those Newcastle fans, <coughs> excuse me, in about ninety six, oh, someone's going to come along and they're going to do this and they're going to get rid of X Y Z and they're going to bring in. ABC, as, as Joel just reeled off. I mean, they would have their head in their hands, yeah. wouldn't they, really? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I remember them quite, uh, having seen the Newcastle team as well, yeah. under Keegan, obviously, they called the entertainers. I kind of remember these being boring to watch as well, this Newcastle yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember them doing anything, really. That's why I'm struggling to sort of have any opinion on it, because I just don't really remember... Again, it's easy to say now after the event, but it, how, yeah, how anyone would be worried about that sort of... New regime. I don't know. Obviously, Joe well, was. But... You weren't. You weren't to know that at the time, though. I mean, I well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah. But yeah, but looking I think, back I mean, now, I mean, remember they got to the FA Cup final. Was it Arsenal who yeah, beat yeah. them? Who Quite beat them in like a, a ten nil, two nil? Yeah, basically. Like one yeah. Of those, yeah. Well, United had done the same to them, or did the same to them the, in, in the uh, following season. Yeah. And that, that was a ten nil. Was it two nil? Yeah, 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 yeah. Score scored really early, and then Teddy came yeah, it was, and and I mean they had. I mean the only high you can kind of say is the Barcelona game, but that was kind of right at the beginning, and Tino Sarri was still there, and he was sold. Seventeenth of September, nineteen yeah. ninth. Hang on a minute, didn't you go on a date that night? My girlfriend's eighteenth birthday. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Listen, yeah. go back in the archive. We talk about both those things, um, <laughs> and the, yeah, the, the cup finals. I mean, he was he finished thirteenth in his first full season, as Joel mentioned, and then he was sacked two games into the ninety seven ninety eight season. There, so it's. Yeah, it's it's a difficult. It was a difficult one to. to Do you think it it blotted his copybook somewhat? I mean, you know, obviously he did. Well, he did at Liverpool. Was, doesn't even need mentioning. But I mean, he obviously did work wonders at, at Blackburn winning the league. I know he had money to spend, but <clears throat> he still had to had to do it. So I mean, I just think this is a slight stain on his reputation. Well, a bit harsh saying a stain on his reputation, but I just wonder whether it's it's sort of. Uh, Knocked him down a couple of notches in the annals of managerial. He never really got back on the bandwagon after that, did he? I know he went back to Liverpool and that weird spell. What was it five, ten years ago now? Um, after after Hodgson. After Hodgson, and he had that horribly beef spell at Celtic as well, where he managed to screw that up. I don't know how many people managed to do that at Celtic when. Well, he took Barnes with him, didn't he? Yeah, and John Barnes. It was all a bit, yeah, all a bit. So yeah, this really was his last proper. And I know the Liverpool job was a proper job, but it was a stopgap. This was meant to be the the step on from Blackburn and it's and again you go back to the transfer thing and I know he had a lot of money at Blackburn but you, you can kind of look at the signings he did make yes he spent a lot of money but every, well, he took a them, team I mean he took a team that essentially you know he had to they went up didn't I mean there was a complete rebuilding yeah. job at Blackburn wasn't it so it wasn't just a oh they're in you know, not, a top top six Premier even League a, club not even a rebuilding job, a building job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Started yeah, off with a like blank. Was... I mean, but then you look at some. I mean, the big signing that I think you know, obviously Shearer. But I just remember him signing Tony Gale, and thinking, isn't that a just what? What's he buying him for? I think he was thirty-five or thirty-six mm. then, and he ended up being one of the best players in that team. So, yeah, funny yeah. I don't think he's given enough. I don't on. think he's given enough credit for that. I mean, talking. I mean, we're sort of. I'm slagging him off him with one hand, but I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he did at Blackburn. Because, like you say, it wasn't like he was parachuted in as, and they were a comfortable top six Premier League team, and they, he just had to come in and dot the I's and, and cross the T's. I mean, he had to. They were a, a mid-table second division team, weren't they? Yeah, essentially. And people yeah. went there for him. They didn't go there for any other reason. They didn't go like nobody had a great burning desire to play for Blackburn Rovers. Sorry, but we're going through all the towns, aren't we? But it's the same with Borough. You know, nobody had a burning desire to play for Middlesbrough apart from people who who came from Middlesbrough and were Borough fans, you know, and I imagine it's the same with Blackburn, but if you say, well, this is Kenny Dalgleish, then people are going to want to go and 
place for him and you know it's the terrible word we use now but the project yeah. people you know they, they, they believe in that, that yeah 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 um, well he ended up obviously at Celtic and then back to Liverpool he's now Sir Kenny Dalglish of course as well he is. But, um, didn't end very well from it sometimes it, you know it just the club doesn't suit was it and you know this was followed up by Brood Hillett which again was another bit of a disaster for Newcastle until Bobby Robson came in but yeah interesting move in um, Kenny Dalglish's career um, let's move on and talk about the 11th of January 1999 one of my favourite little <coughs> tidbits from the 1990s um, for anyone who's listening who just likes to get a bit of context to how football was in the 1990s it wasn't around so I'm talking to you younger listener Ron Atkinson was the Sam Allardyce of our day and here he came in parachuting to try and save Nottingham Forest from relegation um, in, in, in the end of the well towards the end of the 98-99 season they'd been promoted um, the season before under Dave Bassick but it all went wrong as soon as the summer when Pierre van Hooydonk went AWOL their top scorer from the season before and it just never got going for Nottingham Forest they found themselves in the bottom three they got in big wrong for a, a rescue mission didn't quite go to plan all round and it kicked off their first game at the city ground so Ron walks out if you've never seen this clip um, go on Sid Lambert's um, Twitter feed I wasn't going to copy him myself and put the tweet out but he did it this week big Ron comes out in big big Ron attire you know he's got the big coat he's got the chains he's got the glasses there's about a thousand cameras on, in the dugout taking pictures of him and poor old big Ron sits in the wrong dugout and it sounds a little innocence but I'm um, coming to you first Matthew I mean it's one of those just kind of amusing moment from the 90s isn't it it is well first of all what i will say is he wasn't he was a bit harsh saying he was a uh, sour he, he did win he won two fa cups with yeah. united in the 80s so yeah he, he was yeah i mean he was the same kind of character wasn't he, he was yeah. that sort of larger and larger character but yeah well, it's a it's a historical um, historical historical sort of piece of footage and again something that i always say on this show you just can't imagine happening now because now that be probably escorted to where they have to sit and the, and the benches are all branded and the seats you know it just couldn't happen now could it but i mean it, it was comical and I, I remember reading a comment from him saying something like he sat he stood on the dugout and he looked around and he, he saw God, I can't I've, got and, uh, I've got the yeah. actual court <laughs> well there you go I'll hand, I'll hand over to joel and he can i just to look around and I'm stood with Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira and Nelson Vivas and I thought, how are we bottom of the league with these in the team? <laughs> I mean, whether that's true or not. Nelson Vivas? I, I mean, where did... He's the only one who, who's actually on the bench as well because I, I think Bergkamp and... Uh, and who did the other mention? The other player mentioned there. He, I think they're out warning up. I think the only actual... Yeah, I think it was a bit of a quote. But yeah. I mean, it's, that's classic big wrong. Isn't it? I mean, he probably didn't think that. But obviously afterwards, he, that, he came out with a line... Um, and it, it, I thought it was clever. I thought it was funny. So, uh, you know, it's obviously a simple mistake, but it's just so sort of comical and slapstick, isn't it? Because he, he stood there for about, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds, milking the, the applause and the photographers in front of him. Before, And then someone someone taps him on the shoulder or sort of points, <laughs> yeah. points to it. And then is, there's a real sort of moment where he tries to act cool oh. as though he knew what he was doing and then has to, like, hoist himself out of the... <laughs> the old-fashioned dugout. So, well, he said he'd never, he'd never, he was sort of, he'd been given the phone call had come in to go and get the job, and and he talked with with there, and his driver had turned up with his suit and his overcoat, and it was all a bit of a sort of whirlwind, really. And then he came out, he'd given the lads a team talk, and came out with a bit in a daze, and he's waving to the crowd, and he's dealing with that, and that was just the thing, and he's like, oh yeah, I have no idea where I'm going here. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> and, must, and did, it must happen. I mean, what I he was only do. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was easier to happen then, because like I say, it wasn't so branded up, was it? I mean, if you, I mean, it was a classic old dugout, wasn't it? It was sort of in the ground, set down, yeah, yeah. down below the pitch. And if you remember the 80s and 90s, you know, dugouts were just basically dugouts or benches. I mean, there was, remember that uh, Watford, uh, they didn't even have a shelter. It was just a bench on the side of the pitch when God. Graham Saylor was in his, in, his, in his pomp. And the ones at Old Trafford weren't like they are now, sort of raised up. You know, above the halfway line, they were sort of like a like a bus stop. Um, so you know, it's, it's you can see how it happened. And I mean, there's always old stories about players going back to their old club and going in the wrong changing rooms and stuff. It must, must have happened a lot, but just unfortunately for him, there was a bank of a about a dozen photographers there, and um, and a film a film crew capturing every minute. So uh, no, a classic classic non moment, but one we all remember, I think. Yeah, it's the the fact that he stands there that kind of maybe five ten seconds a little bit longer thinking oh shit I'm in the wrong dugout. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and he tries to he tries to it. act like no one's noticed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. obviously everyone has. And you got the Forest fans <laughs> behind him knocking on the back of the dugout like to say yeah. hey move on move on you're in the wrong one and it is Nelson Vivas who's looking around at him and I think it's. <laughs> His shoulder that um, Ron grabs is to say, "Yeah, I've made a big old boo boo here, mate. Um, I'm just going to move on and then uh, and, do, and go to the right dugout." But yeah, it's one of those. It's always on those like sort of Sky One funniest football moment type horrible shows that have talking. Which heads. is basically what we've just done. Really, yeah, basically. It? But we're we're actually remembering it better than somebody like I don't know yeah. Rob Beckett or someone. I actually quite like Rob Beckett, but he's I'm, all right, Rob. Yeah, no, he's always from my neck of the woods. So yeah, he's a he's a top fella. Maybe someone like Josh Whitaker. Really? Oh, should I not say that? Oh, <laughs> No, I shouldn't say that. No. That's just mean. Um, but yeah, no, it's always on one of those. Um, I mean, not much is remembered apart about the game. I don't. It ended in a one-nil win for Arsenal. Martin Keown with a with a rare goal there. Um, and Forest only won four games and were relegated that season anyway with Cholton and Blackburn. And the little fact that I found out today, they were the first team since 1927-28 season that the winner of the so the promoted team who'd won the championship the season before finished bottom. Of the top flight the next season, which you think? And who was that in 1927 oh, 28? Bollocks, I haven't got that fact, have I? Yeah, <laughs> come on. Um, well, just to talk about yourselves for a minute, I'll uh, confront my thing. It, it's, it's weird. It's, I mean, you can blame that whole relegation on Pierre Van Hoydonk because he abs because they were we finished Borough finished second to them in um, that promotion campaign. They went up the champions to beat us pretty convincingly at their place 4-0 I can't remember what it was, was our place I can't remember whether we won or not but um, as soon as they got promoted Van Hoydonk just decided he was the king of the castle and he didn't want to be there anymore and and that was right at the start of that season and they never properly recovered from it. Um, and it's it's funny just how one thing can knock uh, you know it it's like the you know the butterfly in a wheel and all that. It's it's the one thing that can one thing can happen. It could throw the whole club into disorder, and that's happened. And, and they were never right again. They're, they're still and they're still not. They're still not. They're really, a basket they? case could argue. They really are. And and for certain for us certainly, you know, Forest will still always be a club that you would. If someone said to you name twenty teams that you think should be in the top flight, I would still I'd certainly yeah. have Forest in there. I saw a tweet of that the other day. Somebody said that I think one of the newspapers did like a thing where they asked their team or it could have been one of the clickbait websites i don't know but to basically pick their top flight if you could just pick well, well let, let's do it then let, let's say five because i would certainly say i would say forest sheffield wednesday coventry mm. uh, oh i wouldn't go coventry i'd well, go coventry yeah, I would. now i would yeah. from my era. Le- leeds and 
Ooh, now I'm struggling. I'm trying to think who's not. I mean, obviously somebody in the championship. Oh, Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa. So that yeah, I'd throw Norwich in there. Yeah, I'd definitely yeah. throw Norwich in. I mean, keep your Forest, Sunderland, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll go London then, shall I? So, well, obviously Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. West Ham. I don't. No, but they're supposed to be teams that aren't in the top. Yeah, players, just, if I was going to build my, you know, twenty. Yeah, so that, I tell you what, that's your homework for next week, right? We've got yeah. to have our twenty teams who you have in in. If the Premier League could pick twenty franchises, oh, like yeah, let's, like let's just treat you like that. They can pick twty teams. Who do they want in there? And there's no relegation ever again. So that's your homework. Okay, next week. we'll do that for next week. That's a, that's a good idea. That, um, with a with a ninety with a nineties well. twist, obviously. Well, there will be, yeah, won't they? Oh, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be having, you know. It'd be Bolton, no, what, yeah. Blackpool teams from the twenties, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever that was that got relegated in twenty seven, twenty eight. Your classic, your classic. Do you know what it was? Do you know what it was, boys? It 90s, wasn't ever classic nineties Premier League. It was Middlesbrough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It was Middlesbrough, champions of the championship, or whatever it was called then, first division north. Division two, it'll have been, wasn't yeah, it? Division two, yeah, division two. So I'm not. And it was Borough, yeah. And it, it was Borough, yeah. <laughs> I should have looked. I should have googled that. Tonight. I would have made it more amusing. Um. Yeah, <sighs> it's I, always the borough. The record yeah. breakers you never want to be. Yeah. Um, we also had the first one thousand pound player. You know. Who was that then? Uh, uh, was it Alf Cop? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not. So uh, you can say any name. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have a quick look. Let's talk about something else while I go and look let's, at Alf Cop. Go I was just looking at that. You're talking about Forest Matthew, and obviously the big news this week with Martin O'Neill going back. So there's a bit of nostalgia with Forest. But I mean, this squad. I mean, it isn't it is a relegation squad because there isn't many big names in. In here, other than Van Hoyen. Oh, no, we sorry, we sold Alf Common oh, to Sunderland go. from Middlesbrough for a thousand pounds. Oh, there you go. Ian Wayne's still going in this squad. Colton Palmer, the name Jean Claude Dosheville. He's very well known to Nottingham Forest oh, fans. Yeah, not in a good way. John Hawks, friend of the show. Hugo Porfirio. I mean, it's a it's a that's a great that's one of the greatest nineties teams you've ever mentioned. There, that's got every he's got some Steve Chettle. Steve Stone there as well. Yeah, did you he's, say Steve Stone? No, he's on loan this season to Villa, so he eventually le he leaves anyway. Obviously, the great Steve Stone, Neil Shipperley, Chris Bart Williams, Mark Crossley. It really is a who's who <laughs> of nineties. Matt Crossley, the only man to save a Matthew Letizia exactly. penalty. Yeah, he talked. To that him. sounds like a, a live and kicking Christmas night out, he isn't does, it? Yeah. <laughs> That's like your ideal, your ideal Christmas night out. That. So we need to actually rekindle the Nottingham Forest squad of nineteen ninety nine. We went up for that. That's. Uh, that sounds like a TV show. I'm up for that. I'm, I'm, but that was also yeah. the that was also the Forest team that was still playing in about 1995. It does sound, I mean, Steve Chetland been there since yeah. the late, late 80s. Dave, yeah, Basson, yeah, Dave Basson's the goalie. I mean, this is the perfect 90s team. I'm just looking for it. Dougie Freeman, Richard Goff was there. <laughs> Jeff Thomas. Holy moly! <laughs> you can't make this up. This squad. Nigel Quasi's playing for him. <laughs> Nigel Quasi. <laughs> I think he was. No wonder they went down. Yeah, he's we called him Nigel Quashy because you know we thought we pr you pronounced it the same way. Do you remember that drink, Quash? Yeah, he was called Nigel Quashy for the first few months at QPR as well until I think he um, made the point of saying it's quasi. But yeah, I think he's been relegated with like five different teams. He's up there with like um, Neil Redfern and Herman Horidenson as one of the people who've been relegated the most. Um, definitely with QPR, Forest, Portsmouth. I'm trying to think who else Nigel Quashy's been at, but yeah, he's a bit of a. Um, you don't want him in your team if you're playing in relegation, basically. But great player. Samba. Samba. Chris, Chris Samba. Samba, yeah, he got relegated with us as well. Um, Lee yeah. Wefer, he's another one. He's had a couple of ones. Usually, usually involved in QPR, unfortunately. But yeah, I've got, oh, as I've said on this show many a times, got a big soft oh, spot. For by the way, I feel bad. I should have said QPR would be in that 
that league of oh, teams you. that should be in the top flight. Oh, thank you. Definitely, we're definitely. Just, well, you've got next week to think about it. We've got a week to think about that. Well, that's six I've named, so I've only got to think of 14 more. 14 more. Yeah, we'll see how each of us differs. Um, we're going to finish the show. We're going back to Newcastle, and you probably would have seen this uh, going around social media today because everybody's tweeted it. Um, if we mention the words Tamiri Spire, I think there's only one image that ever comes to mind to anyone outside of the Premier League because he did quite well for AK Athens in uh, in Greece. But in talking Premier League, 17th of January, so it's as we recall, 1998. This is an innocuous game between Newcastle and Bolton. Um, it's a game where Nathan Blake. Um, equalises off a John Barnes goal, a name we've already mentioned. Tonight. Nathan Blake, he's black, he's mean, he robs the fruit machine. See, Nathan, they used to, this is the used to sing to him. Yeah. Who sang uh, Was he at Sheffield United? Allegedly, I think you need to put in. Yeah, there. allegedly. Yeah. No, but no. The, the song was definitely sung well, at him. Yeah, well, you need it. You didn't say that that was a song. You just said. He absolutely committed. I'm not saying he committed a crime or anything. I'm just saying that was sung. That was sung towards him by I think was he at Sheffield United? I, I'm getting I think very he was. Yeah, no, I think Nathan he was. Blake was. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Blake is always the the go to man when people talk about strikers who were too good well, for the Championship. Well, hold and on. Good Nathan the Blake, Blake was relegated from the Premier League five times, a record he holds jointly with Herman Ryderson. Oh, there you go. See. It's, Good. It's all synergy, round. synergy. Yeah, he's the reference I use for a striker. He's not good. He's too good for the championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. I always mm. think of Nathan Blake. So that is always when people say. Uh, do oh, you want? Know. Do you want to clarify the, the accusation of the fruit machine, or is that? Just I'm going to look. For, I'm going to look for it now. You just carry on talking, yeah. and I'll go and have a look. Well, yeah. So yeah, we're at one-one in this game, and then in injury time, it comes up in Google. No, oh, does it? Yeah. Well, they must be right then. Um, Cardiff fans after Nathan Blake was arrested for breaking into an amusement arcade. So there you go. He was prosecuted for theft from a fruit machine in London. So there you go. That was before he became a football player. So it is true. There's no need for any lawyers. And it's a song <laughs> that was sang at him by Cardiff fans. So there that's you go. Quite amusing, then. I quite like that. Anyway, let's actually get this story. We out should do true. crimes of football players, but you know, like comedy crimes. Like Les Ferdinand alleged that he had destroyed the Blue Peter Garden, Garden, and yeah. it turned out to be absolute nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, we haven't done a music. Injuries, if we good injuries. Yeah, that's your, injuries that's, that's your homework. I'm still working on the film episode, so yeah, you work on. Oh yeah, I forgot on, about that. No, yeah. sorry, I'm working on that one. We have got some guests lined up for that one. Anyway, I'm going to get this story out. Basically, Tamerica Spire scores an injury time winner, and his celebration lives long in everyone, everyone's memory because he goes absolutely ape and takes his shirt off, takes his boots off, and kicks the crap out of the advertising boards. Again, we're going back to those stupid Sky One programmes, Joel, but this celebration is always remembered because it's just a man going mad. Yeah, I mean, he says it was because he was in and out of the team yeah. and wasn't, wasn't getting his place. Now, again, I mean, if you look at his record, he had 78 games for Newcastle and he scored eight times. So, I mean, it's not a, a wonderful record for, you know, a, a player like that, but... Was he a Dalglish signing? He was a Dalglish signing, yeah. He was a Dalglish signing, yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it is one of them, isn't it? He just went absolutely bananas, but aggressively bananas. And it's kind of... I, I don't ever recall seeing somebody being so angry that they've yeah, scored a goal before. Obviously, we see anger in other areas of it. But when you score a goal, you're meant to be elated and happy and all the rest of it. And no, that didn't happen. It's, it's really, uh, really... Do you know if it endeared him to, to Newcastle? Well, that was fans? good be my next thing yeah is that they love a grafter you know <laughs> i mean do. that's the thing you know it, it doesn't grit. matter if you're rubbish but as long as you try and yeah, yeah i think he did i, th I think that he, he's quite a popular you know cult hero 
um, a cult hero at the, at the club and they do like him, he is popular. I think that's probably part of it. And the fact that he came in, I mean, if you see a picture of him now, he's one of those people who was born that age because uh, yeah, he looks exactly looks the, the same, same now yeah. as that he did in 1998 or whatever. So, yeah, he, just a, a very, very popular player at the club, I think. And yeah, and that endeared him to them. I mean, you've got to be a grafter. I mean, I, I think in, in the northeast where, you know, you're sort of coming from the traditions of you were down the pit all weekend or all week or whatever and then you went there and if you saw somebody lolly gagging around then you're going to get wound up and I think even though times have changed and you know there's no pits or anything there's still people in the north they still want to see you try they're not bothered if you, you know if you have a bad game but if you're stood about with your hands on your hips and not doing anything and you don't care that's when people go mad yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it's the northern grit. You don't ever hear people talk about southern grit, do you? It's always northern grit. I heard that earlier. Well, unless it's Steve Grit that used to play for Charlton. Oh, no. <laughs> oh you're quick there, sir. Nineties as well. Good. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, very nineties. Um, he, he's got he's got form though because he um, he also tried to sue AK Athens later on in his managerial career. So he's got a short fuse about him. Old Timiri gets by other. My favourite bit of the celebration is Alessandro Pistoni, another man who we've already mentioned, a big signing, who really tries to celebrate with him, but he completely keeps shrugging him off and shrugging him off. He really doesn't want to embrace the fact that he, uh, that he scored a goal. So, yeah, it's one of those uh, funny, did, funny... Did he face that action for that? I, I didn't... I, I mean, I did a lot of research on this today, trying to find more quotes from him, and he doesn't really talk about it, and I didn't see anything... Come up. I think did he get booked to retrospect? Yeah, he would have done now because he took his shirt off. But that that stupid rule wasn't there at that point. So uh, there is no. Rule. When did that rule come in? By the way, I was thinking about that the other day. It seems, it seems to have been around forever, doesn't it? But didn't know what it used to be. Mid two thousands, I want to say. I think it might have been a bit, a bit earlier than that. I don't know. It's, it's one of those rules you can say can remember it when it wasn't around, but yeah. then I couldn't tell you when it changed. No. And I don't know why it was so offensive. You know, why is it such a bad thing? And why is it yellow card? I mean, it's not. It's because it's meant to it possibly incite in the crowd. The crowds, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> every t- this is what he says. He says, uh, "Don't ask me about this. I did much better things in Newcastle, and people only remember this one. Sometimes when you score a goal and there is some disappointment, you express yourself in the wrong way. That doesn't make sense." Sometimes when you score a goal and there is some disappointment, you express yourself in the wrong way. It was a bad moment for me. No. Even, <laughs> twice doesn't make sense. Even when you score a goal, even at that moment, sometimes bad things can happen. I just lost control. I wasn't to forget that, but nobody lets me forget it. Every time I come to England or some other countries, everybody remembers this. As I said, I did for the club much better things than only this one. So there you go. But we're three... You know, pretty knowledgeable fans sitting here, and we can only remember one thing that's Mericus Park yeah. for Newcastle United. So, I think he scored a he goal in Europe for them, if I remember rightly, that helped them quali- maybe something to do in Champions League, but nothing of that major note that sticks in my memory. But this, well, he only scored seven others, exactly, so, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and um, but it's a memorable celebration. I was going to ask, is there any sort of celebrations that always stick out to you? I know I'm throwing you under the bus a bit here, guys, but any celebrations well, that you remember? Well, good, that we like or yeah. that we remember? I well, mean, both, really, from the 90s, obviously. I mean, uh, there was the Sharp Shuffle, wasn't of there? Of course, yeah. Sharp, uh, it's, the and Gigs. Oh, their little um, handshaky sort Yeah, of I mean, I know I'm not a fan of all that, but, you know, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying I like it, I just remember it. Um, <laughs> well, I don't like it, I don't like it now. I mean, I, don't, I hate all that stuff. I mean, the Pogba... Jesse Lingard stuff. I mean, I wouldn't have any of that. Oh, Graham Sadness has turned up. 
Well, I, just, no, I wouldn't. I mean, regardless of who it is, I just don't like it. It just doesn't. It just, I think it's too rehearsed and it's too. I don't know. I, I just think you can't beat a player run, wheeling away, arm in the air. I used to love the old David Speedy one when he scored and would climb up on the um, the perimeter fencing and give it the yeah. give it the big one and you know, um, all that. Bernie Slavin did that at Borough. Would always yeah. up on the perimeter fencing. I, and, I used to love the whole that one. End and, yeah, he, he, that's, that. a, that's a proper celebration. Jan Fjordov. No, no, the, the, oh, the, the jumping on the perimeter yeah. fence. One. Jumping on the fence, like yeah. I've um, got the Fjordhoff one. Yeah, he used to do the aeroplane. Slaven, yeah, yeah Fjordhoff was the aeroplane, yeah, because when Fjordhoff scored at Borough, they used to play the theme off Dan Busters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me why, I don't know. It wasn't when I was DJing there, by the way. Either. Um, yeah, I, obviously Ravinelli. Mm. Uh, everything's just gone out of my head. Uh, Beto is obviously the famous one for the World Cup. Yeah, the baby... Uh, Robbie Fowler snorting up oh, the yeah, uh, talked about that, the lines yeah, along the side of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we'll have a think about this. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a lot of homework this week. No, I don't we? think we will. I think yeah. I think we've covered it. We did yeah. talk about Roger Miller. The week, obviously, the, the Roger Miller wiggle is obviously one of the mm. famous ones as well. Uh, I mean, ge- but genuinely, I mean, if you're a fan and you go someone scores a goal and you're going mad like everyone does, and you see a player doing that, to me, it just seems like there's some kind of lack of passion, don't you? My sounding really miserable. No. And, I can see what there's merit to what yeah, you're saying. I just, um, I just think it's uh, so orchestrated. You know, you've got to have that moment where they think, "Oh, hang on, what was it I've rehearsed?" But what about I mean, Gascoigne with the dentist's chair? That was all that, set that up. That works. Yeah, I think it's That's probably one of the only ones that I actually thought worked. Actually, yeah, I take take a lot of that back because I did think that was a. It kind of it just it was just so fortunate that it all happened at that. You know, and the, there was the water bottle there and they were all there I mean it didn't there wasn't that awkward sort of moment sometimes there's an awkward moment when they're all trying to do these sort of silly Remember handshakes and what stuff they've got to do. but that that was sort of almost perfectly choreographed wasn't it so yeah all right, I'll, I'll give Aylesbury. them that Aylesbury. Yeah, yeah the ducks, ducks yeah. I hated they that when they did the duck walk yeah, yeah that I was hated that jumps out. <laughs> I like I like the hey you got them on match of the yeah, yeah. Uh, Mick Harford didn't he walk through them once? Do I remember that? Was that them? Or was that, that wouldn't surprise me. If was it that somebody doing a dying? Uh, Sid posted this the other day. Isn't it Watford actually? Somebody about are, are doing yellow. like dying beetle at some Harford yeah. just yeah, stomps his way. Yeah, I think it's Watford actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I like the smug celebrations. You know, like the, the classic Cantona Sunderland goal. Um, yeah, Beckham did a couple of them as well. But I think when Stuart Pearce used to score a worldie of a free kick and just turn around and go what. Even in the cup final in '91, like there was never really big any sort of hurrah with Stuart Pearce, didn't he? He just got on with it, looked sort of nod to the crowd, and then obviously his amazing celebration for Euro '96 as well. I think that's why like, we talk about the passion. That's what I think of that sort of celebration in the in it. Les Ferdinand was quite good at just sticking his arm in the air and Shearer style, so I didn't mind that as well. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what you think on Twitter at AK90s. What you think of celebrations? Your favourites of the '90s. Talking of Twitter, zoom, there's a segue. Um, Joe, and your beautifully, I want to call it reportage almost, picture of you on the shit. Uh, where can people find you on the, on the same? <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, uh, Joel Baby tweets on uh, Twitter these days, and Joel Baby Herc on Instagram. Uh, there's a nice picture of me brushing my teeth today, which is, you know, oral hygiene. Yeah, there was, yeah. Very, I hope you, that wasn't when you were on the toilet, was it? No, I was You know, you were on the toilet. Wearing, uh, the, uh, wearing I keep, as well. I keep my toothbrush. I was going. I went to see somebody about a job today. Oh, about I, thought, the, I thought you looked quite smart. In, in about the next, about the next step 
on the uh, Jolino career path. Uh, <laughs> so you, you can tell you're looking for employment because you're taking pictures of yourself on the blog. And, and, yeah, you know, you know, and, spend, and, and researching Kenny Dalglish's signings for Newcastle United. Oh, I'd be watching. Yeah, obviously, I went. I went for an interview. I was there for two hours today getting interviewed. Jesus, that's a long interview. It's, it's a long time. Oh, was, it the, was it in the police station? Or was it for... <laughs> <laughs> it's not going back. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to that one here. Um, been in that uh, fruit machine arcade again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait for the... For more, jo- Blake to come round. Yeah, for more of Joel's shirts and uh, and Archie Count. What, what's Archie Count up to now, Joel? 33. Bloody hell, 53. I missed a few. 53. I'm mm. only going up to the end of the month. I was going to do all year, but I'm already running out thank, of my job. Thank God for that. Yeah, I know. It's a bit much, isn't it? It's a bit much season for me because we go out at least three or four times a day. And it's like, oh, I'm already getting bored of it. And we're at the set. What is it today? The 17th? Yes, the 17th. So we got we got two more weeks of it and then it's gone. I'm dropping it. It's it's my gimmick. It's it's gone. It's, it's dying. Short, it's oh. a short lived gimmick. Um, yeah. You won't get any then on Matthew's Twitter feed. Matt, you, where can people find you? No, you won't get any of that that humour on my Twitter feed. Just old football articles and the odd piece about American sports and that's about it really. So I don't know why I bother giving my. You did a good cricket one. Did, did you do a cricket one the other day? I have done cricket. Yeah, I've done. Yeah. A, I've got a rugby one going next week. Cool. Oh dear, so uh, you're, you're far from my neck of the woods now. Well, yeah, believe me. So am I as well. But I still have to write about it. <laughs> good stuff. Part of the job, but um, yeah, it's at Matthew J. Christ if you can be bothered. There you go. He's, he's going to be in Four Four Two magazine as well. So make sure you keep an eyes on on that next issue. I think it is not the one that's out now, is it? In the next one. Well, it's a piece about the um, something we, I'm sure we'll talk about next week about the um, Cantona incident at Soho's Park but I think I missed the deadline for the January magazine because obviously they do it yeah, well in advance so I, will, I, know, I know very at well at some point cool well look out for that um, you can follow me at Ashrose UK on both Instagram and Twitter but more importantly follow the show at AK90s on Twitter and AK90s pod on Instagram um, we've got homework to do now we're going to build our 90s Premier League stroke top flight so do your, do your same and tell us where you'd be in your as well and we've got a film episode coming as well because we've organised that last week and I'm already doing it loads to come here on Alive and Kicking um, but until next time I've been Ash Rose this has been Alive and Kicking keep it 90s